Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I hope you are doing well. Before we get on to today's topic, I thought it might be nice for me to give some feedback on how many listeners I get on the podcast. It actually isn't something I've really talked about in the past. The podcast is certainly niche and it's small and I like it that way. And I think for many of you guys that have contacted me in the past, it's always great to hear from you. And I think it's fair to say that the FIRE movement, it's a unique thing. It's fairly hard to find people that share the same mind when it comes to pursuing fire and being okay with the extremes and being uncomfortable, which I'm looking forward to talking about a little bit on today's episode. But yeah, typically for a podcast episode, these days it's usually around 900 to 1000 downloads on an episode in the first week. That number then filters out over the next couple of weeks. And it should be noted, if you are new to the podcast, that it does tell my journey towards hopefully towards financial independence and in many cases it is best listened to from start to finish because obviously the story is ongoing and I guess just a note as well that financial independence is now all but certain for me and our family it is now just a question of how long are we willing to wait because as you guys know we recently reached our halfway mark so it gives us many many great options and I'm still exploring and thinking about what some of those options could be, which actually ties nicely on to today's episode. This episode is called The Elephant in the Room. And the thoughts on this come back from an email I received a couple of weeks back from a gentleman called Damien. I can't stress enough that pursuing fire is hard. And to do it, you're going to have to get fairly uncomfortable when it comes to trying to make it happen and make the numbers work and it's kind of a twofold thing because you need to be uncomfortable on the income side as well as the expenses side but Damien's email wanted to call me out on a couple of things and I really appreciate it I thought it was a great email and and thank you Damien for spending so much time composing it there's actually so much to the email that I could have actually broken it up into several episodes and perhaps I will come back to some of the other points in future episodes, but I wanted to start with some of the core things from it. And the subject of the email was moderation, moderation, moderation. And here's a bit of a snippet from the email. Here is my hot take. I think you need to slow down and do things in moderation. I get the impression that you're very much an all in or nothing kind of person. You seem to bite off more than you can chew. And I think this comes against you a lot. It happened with peer to peer lending. It happened with your work life balance. And now I think it's happening with property. When you purchase the first investment property, I thought, cool, let's follow this journey and see how it goes for him. But the next thing you had three or four investment properties. You were all in. It got to the point where I could no longer relate to what you were aiming for. And now, for you to say that you're considering going back to ETFs, I think it was a bit mad. I think if you stuck with one rental property for a year or more, and then decided if it was for you, that would have been a better shout. Likewise, with your work-life balance. 
I believe you cut back before or semi-retired and then wanted more. So you ramped up your working week massively. Saving 10k a month is amazing. Fair play. But burnout was inevitable. You went from cutting back to overdoing it to cutting back now again. I just wonder if a happy medium somewhere between a full cutback and a 40 hour work week would be much better for you. It would be steady. There would be no need for extremes. All right. So there's a lot in it. And I had to reflect a few times when I read it. And as I mentioned, that was only a snippet of the email. And I guess before I crack on with it too far, I just want to clarify a couple of things as well. So certainly a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that I might be willing to sell some of those properties long term. However, I certainly never implied that that was going to be anytime soon. Property makes up roughly 60 to 70% of our portfolio at the moment. So we're certainly not all in on property and we're fairly comfortable with the three investment properties that we do have. So it's certainly not going to be any changes there anytime soon. Fundamentally, the only difference was that I've realized that when I first purchased those properties, I planned to never sell, whereas now I'm at least open to the idea of possibly selling at some point in the future once the equity builds up to such a point that I could just simply move it into stocks instead. So it's certainly not something that's going to happen in the short term and there's certainly no direct change of plan. I'm very happy being a landlord at the moment on the three properties that we do have and don't foresee any changes anytime soon there. And secondly, in relation to -to peer-to-peer lending, obviously if you have been listening way back in 2019, I was fairly big on peer-to-peer lending at the time. Now as it is, I've now realized and realized pretty quickly in 2020 that peer-to-peer lending being unregulated led to some, let's call it naughty behavior by some of the lenders, which resulted in me and others losing a fairly significant chunk of money. I think from memory, all in I was down, let's say 8,000 euros from peer-to-peer lending, which when you look back these days is very much a rounding error in terms of like my equity portfolio last month, on paper anyway, went up by 5,000 euros. So it's one of these things where early on it definitely hurts, but the longer that you're investing, the less of an issue that becomes. So I just wanted to clarify a couple of those things before I crack on too far with the episode. But Damien is right. I do and have worked in extremes. But the point that I want to get across here is that you kind of have to. To achieve fire is extreme by its very nature. Early retirement is extreme by its very nature. For most of us to even hit a standard retirement age of say 65, our savings rate alone needs to be fairly significant throughout our lifetime. As it is, most people never actually have enough for retirement by the time that they get to 65. So to even retire conventionally is quite difficult. To retire within 10 years, you need to be saving around 62% of your income, which again is fairly extreme. So as good as Damien's advice is to slow things down and do things in moderation, I think that the very purpose and the very core thing of trying to achieve fire, it's naturally going to be fairly extreme anyway. And certainly on the work front, and look, up until recently I've cut back and I have scaled back, but I did 18 months of the biggest work slog of my life. And I basically worked two jobs at the same time. And it was difficult. There were good days, of course, and there were bad days, but it was difficult. But it did allow us to save a significant amount of money. Saving 10,000 euros per month on top of expenses for our family of five was extreme. And we were totally all in on that. However, the net result was that the fire portfolio 
moved significantly and it allowed us to get to this position and we now have all of these various options. And the first point I want to make on this is that life isn't linear. It's very easy to say we do not just find a balance and just do that sustainably. But unfortunately in life, we have all of these various factors, right? So we have children, job opportunities, health issues, relationship challenges, extra expenses, travel desires, toxic work, recessions, and black swan events. All things that can change our savings rate significantly along the way. So we have all of these various factors coming in, but there's also a few other things as well. When we start our FIRE journeys, compounding is important obviously within our investment portfolio, but I think compounding is actually more important within our income and our expenses. And so typically when we start, our savings rate is small, and then we start to work on the three key aspects that we need to, which is investing, expenses, and income. And we get better at each of those. And by getting better at each of those, we're able to then increase our savings rate overall. At the same time, we tend to make a few discoveries along the way. So for example, in 2019, when I started cutting back down to part-time work, I made this awesome discovery, and many of you guys have probably already realized this, that if you can save 50% of your income, then that would actually allow you to work half as much as you do now and have exactly the same quality of life because all you're doing is not saving, but your lifestyle is exactly the same by the fact that you have all this free time. And so that's effectively what happened to me in 2019. I quickly realized, oh my goodness, this whole FIRE thing is going to take me decades, but I can start having some of those great things from FIRE now. And so let's do that and just save a thousand euros a month and basically live this slow FIRE journey, which is fine. And many, many people do that. And it was a good thing to do. However, at some point I eventually realized, well, look, I'm still making good money and other opportunities come along and look, should we go back and have a crack at this thing a little bit more? And we realize that maybe our portfolio needs more capital so we can get the compounding that we need. And so effectively, as I did in 2020, I went back to working a little bit harder. And then of course, eventually, as what happened in late 2021, as opportunities come along, markets change and the job market was crazy. And initially, from memory around October, I had actually declared that I was going back to slow fire. My portfolio had hit around 200,000 euros and I was ready to go back. I'd found a really nice cushy project and everything was looking good. And then lo and behold, I got a LinkedIn message for a job opportunity of even more money working for a huge company. And it was so good that I simply couldn't turn it down. So I made the decision to go back. I, look, I sold out. I admit it, I did. I chased some money. And so the way that I see it is that yes, it was extreme and yes, it was anything but stable. However, it did work for us because we realized that there was this opportunity that came that allowed us to do that. And really the last point I want to make on this is that no matter how you crunch your numbers, assuming that you're starting from zero, which which we effectively were in 2018 when we started, whilst we didn't have a single investment, we didn't have any debt, and we did have a really low mortgage cost. So we had quite a solid base to start from, which certainly helped. We did start effectively from zero. The long-term income amount that we need in today's money is about 32,000 euros per year. That's how we get our fire number of roughly 800,000 euros. Now, it should be noted that I use a die with zero calculator to calculate how much money that we need. So it's a little bit different from the 4% rule. And I think for anybody who lives in a country where there's a fairly generous state pension as there is in Ireland, the die with zero calculator is a far better way to calculate your fire number than the 4% rule, simply because the amount of money that we need will actually get less every year, not more especially as our children grow up. So our average amount of income that we need works out to be around 32,000 euros per year, or effectively 4% of 800,000 if you like. For us to build a portfolio from zero to 800,000 
in say 10 years, we need to save around 5,000 euros per month to do that and hope for obviously solid returns. When I first started in 2018, we were saving around 3,000 euros per month. And that was after spending 12 months prior trying to learn to increase our income. So for us to retire within 10 years back in 2018 simply seemed impossible because we simply didn't have the capacity to earn income. A lot of this stuff you figure out along the way and that point I made earlier about the fact that we compound our income, we compound our expenses and we compound our investments kicks in over time. And so naturally it's not linear. We don't start by saving 5,000 euros per month. We build up to it. And in my case, I went from 3,000 euros a month to Again, I mentioned going back to sort of a thousand euros per month and then back to 3,000, up to 5,000, and then eventually up to 10,000 was very much our journey, but it was never sustainable. And it, and I openly admitted that it never was sustainable. When I look back on my blog articles, I was always talking about the fact that I was doing this as a short-term measure to get ahead. So it was quite deliberate in the way that I went about it. And I knew that it had a shelf life. Saving 5,000 euros per month to be able to retire in 10 years is extreme, no matter which way you do it. And to find a way to do that sustainably is very, very difficult. My seasoned approach to doing this, in my opinion, is a better way because I motivate myself. At the moment, I've pulled back and I get time to think and reflect and plan for that next opportunity. Would I consider going back and saving more? At this stage, probably not, but I'm not necessarily against it, particularly if we get another black swan event, such as maybe the share market gets cheaper or property in particular gets cheaper. And there's a reason for me or a motivation for me to actually work towards, say, buying another investment property or putting more money into the share market. Overall, to be able to retire within 10 years, you're pretty much going to need most of the following. So a high income, a lucky streak with portfolio returns, low expenses, the ability to stick it out for long enough, and likely making fire and a session. And because of this nature of it being difficult, you're probably going to have periods of working harder and longer than at other times, especially such as last year when the portfolio isn't performing. And it might be easy to say, right, well, hang on, 10 years, okay, 10 years is hard, but what if we push that out to 20 years? How does that change? Maybe 20 years is a more moderate approach to take. And here's the funny thing, even at 20 years, you're still going to need to save around 2,000 euros per month to hit fire within 20 years based on my metric earlier of that 800,000 FI number. And I would go as far to say that even saving that much, even saving effectively 100 euros a day or 500 euros per week is going to be difficult in the long run to sustain that. And so finding ways to make that achievable and do that in the long run sustainably is going to be difficult. And here's the interesting metric. If we pulled that out then to 30 years, we would still need to save around 960 euros per month every month for 360 months for the full 30 years, making our fire ambitions like an additional mortgage payment for us to achieve. This is extreme, folks, and we can't hide from that. And my approach, whilst I admit is extreme, fundamentally, no matter how long we plan to achieve fire and how long we plan to take, and remember, look, much of this is out of our control. We don't control market returns anyway. I still think that whilst the last 18 months for me was definitely extreme. The fundamentals should still be relatable. Me saying that I bought two houses in a year, yes, nobody can relate to that. Even I feel like that was crazy, and it was. It was a crazy year. But the fundamentals of what we did and how we saved our income and how we hustled and made that decision to work the extra job allowed us to get there. And these are decisions that most of us are going to need to at least make a decision on at some point because fire is extreme. 
All right, so the way that I am now, the way I've structured my workday now is that I still work one full-time project and then I do a couple of hours of freelancing every day. So I'm still pushing myself. I'm still uncomfortable. It certainly still isn't sustainable. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to save the 5,000 euros per month that we now are saving to help us with our FIRE journey. So even today, being back to that more sustainable place that Damien talked about earlier in the email is still not fully comfortable. And I go through periods of going, oh gosh, this extra work I'm doing. Or, man, this day job's annoying. We all go through that. But at least with fire and building the portfolio up and allowing our portfolio to grow, it does give us so many options. And so the point that I'm really trying to get across here is that all FI journeys are unique. And they may not always be relatable. But the challenges we face along the way will almost certainly be similar. Guys, I'm looking forward to covering more of this off in future episodes. As I mentioned, this really was just the tip of the iceberg today. But as always, if you have any questions on this episode, drop me an email at michael at firepodcast.e and I look forward to catching you on the next episode.